You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Good afternoon, Sid Talk. Hello. Good afternoon. Uh, what are you doing over there? That's my posh voice. Good afternoon. It's kind of weird. It's like Australian, New Zealand, and English. Mm-hmm. That's posh, right? Well, <laughs> it's kind of a hodgepodge. I've got it all going on. So what's the before the after the show discussion? This movie. And that's it. Really? Not much going on. So it is Thursday, December the 23rd, when we're recording this. This is after the show 716. We're a movie review podcast. We review a movie every week, including Christmas week. This is our Christmas present to you all. Oh my. That seems a little highfalutin, but whatever. I'll take it. The movie we're looking at this week is The Matrix Resurrections. It releases, it's released now. It's actually in theaters and on HBO Max. If you're in the US, you can watch it on streaming. If you're not, you can't watch it on streaming. Tough. You screwed. It's rated, I put down rated R, but after watching it, I don't feel like it is rated R. Doesn't feel like an R-rated movie. For I'd say me. the violence. I mean, just even implied violence yeah. does that. So I've clarified it is rated R. It's from our friends at Warner Brothers and Sid Talk. Give us the synopsis of Matrix Resurrections. Okay, my synopsis is very short. It is the Matrix. <laughs> You're gonna say resurrected, aren't you? No, that's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. If I'll you give like you, the Matrix, I think I'm uh, giving you, you the one off I'm the saying. box. Okay. Return to a world of two realities. One, everyday life. The other, what lies behind it. To find out if his reality is a construct, to truly know himself, Mr. Anderson will have to choose to follow the white rabbit once more. I mean, that makes it makes my point. It's just, and I'm not complaining, so don't anybody get me wrong when I say it's the Matrix again. Because I like it. So, there we go. And it has been a long time since the Matrix what was the last one called? Revolutions. Mm, was it? Yeah. It's been a while since then. I mean, I'm not that big a fan to know, like, you know. I'm a big fan. I've got um, several different box sets of this movie, in fact. That's how much I like Does it. Does that mean you're a fan? Yes. Hmm. Do not question my fandom. <laughs> All right. So The Matrix Resurrections, what did you think? I liked it a lot. I think that when it comes to The Matrix, I am one of those people who I can just accept it for what it is. Because I love the ideas, right? So it's not perfect. It has its moments of like, here we go again, and some fight scenes that are too long, and sort of like weird exposition-y things, and then characters I have no clue who the hell they are, showing their faces again, like, makes no sense to me. Okay, I just, you know what? I just let it all go. Because I love the idea, the truth, about where they're coming from, with the story and that's it. So I enjoy it. Like I can't wait till the dialogue happens where they're talking about as we have in this one and in all the others about that in real life, people want to choose the easy way if they can, right? The delusions, the illusions, the, the fantasy, the fictions. And then when you hand them reality or say, Nope, this is the, this is reality. Then that's when people have a problem. And I just think, uh, I like that. The first 30 minutes of this movie felt really odd to me. I was like, 
this is coming across to me kind of like satirical and it doesn't feel like it's really going anywhere. And then when Neo takes the pill, the red pill, that was, where it, <laughs> that was where it kicked into Matrix gear. And I was like, okay, I get it. But there was a period at the beginning where I was like, I don't know if I'm fully enjoying this. It's getting a bit slightly preachy because hmm. it's the Matrix. It kind of gets away with some stuff. Absolutely. You know, like those people working in the corporate gaming building at the beginning. They're all awful, aren't they? You know, They're horrible. But they're supposed to be awful. and Right. They are a construct of yeah. what the machines or this new architect, he's not called the architect, his perception of what makes it work. And he's not incorrect. Let's not forget. They're pretty spot on with. Yeah. Neo. Or let's say Mr. Anderson. He's like a game programmer. And he's programmed a game called The Matrix. And Neo's in it and Trinity's in it, you know. So it's very on the nose. So let's just back up a little bit. So here's what's happened. Since Neo sacrificed himself, you know, to free everybody. Spoiler. If you're watching this movie, then you should be up to date. But <laughs> supposedly freeing everyone or taking down the bugs or the machines and whatnot, whatnot, which of course isn't, isn't happening. But then that happened. And now 20 years later, well, 60 years later, actually, in, their, in the real life timeline, Neo is back to being Mr. Anderson, but he's in a world where he's, he's back in the Matrix. But he's living a life of a guy who designed the most famous game ever, and it's The Matrix. It's actually The Matrix, the movie. It's very self-aware. It's like, instead of them saying, like, well, you just wrote and directed the most famous movie of all time, they just flipped it around and made it into a game, right? Yeah. So in this movie, you see clips of the old movie, and that's supposed to be what he wrote as a game. But in The Matrix now, because he's in The Matrix, he's been convinced that he has a mental health issue, by some dude, Doogie Hauser, a doctor, fair enough. <laughs> and so he's That's being how they're kept, controlling him. He's controlled by just being told that this is something wrong with you and you're getting better and taking the blue pill every single day. And so that's where we're at. He's been tucked away all this time. Yeah. And then he needs waking up again. And it is pretty much identical to the first trilogy, right? Absolutely. If you take all three of the last movies, and mush them together and make them into a shorter movie. That's what this one's like, but mm -hmm. throw in also the nostalgia aspect, which they really play on a lot. Sometimes it's a bit too much for me. Right. They walk he, into a room. They address that. They yeah, actually they do say address it. it. They yeah. walk into a room, though, and in the room is literally, like, they're not even hiding it. There's a projector over there, and it's projecting Morpheus talking to Neo in first movie onto a wall. Our new characters are talking in front of that. Saying, we know that you like nostalgia yeah. and we wanted you to feel comfortable with something you've seen before. But they do it and then they do it and, they, and some it gets a bit great into me. Often they show a character and then show you, I don't think they need to do that. They show you the new Smith and then they show you a cut to a old footage of the old Smith for a second. And they do that multiple times. And I found that a bit handholdy. Okay. And it felt like they're thinking I'm an idiot <laughs> over and over. But maybe they do think I'm an idiot. Who knows? Yes. But it didn't bother me. Well, it kind of did for me. But then there was one time when they did it, and I was like, well, actually, I'm glad you did it here because I forgot who that person was. <laughs> See? So I was an idiot at one point. But yeah. But you could have been... You Don't say idiot, because there are people in this movie, I have no recollection from them being in any of the movies. So right. there's that. I know Agent Smith, and I know that this new guy is another Agent Smith. It's obvious. Just by... 
Just take, have him take his sunglasses off and that's enough, right? And he looks like piercingly. Or sniff his fingers or something. Things that you know from the other movies. Sure, 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 sure. The story I really liked, but I don't think it did anything particularly new, apart from there's a lot of satirical slash, what would you call it, comedy? Observational comedy, I guess. You wouldn't expect to find funny stuff, but there is funny stuff in this movie. Mm. And then the Matrix movies are really famous for like groundbreaking special effects. And in this movie, I don't know, I think we've seen too many special effects at this point for anything to stand out, right? I don't disagree. So I was waiting. I was like, there's going to be another bullet time, something that's as revolutionary as bullet time. At some point, I was expecting something. Now, there's a motorcycle chase near the end where Neo's doing like his special move, let's call it. And that was kind of cool. But I don't think it was anywhere near as cool as when you saw No, the bullet time was when the guy, Doogie Howser, is walking around while Neo is going in slow motion. Even that wasn't that impressive, though. No, but I'm saying that was their answer to bullet time because he even said it. What I had to make a new bullet time. How could I do that? And then that was it. Yeah, but it wasn't nowhere near as impressive. But I think it's because we're immune to special effects now, right? We just... Are you jaded? Jaded. Get it? Jada Pinkett Smith feel like we can see anything on the screen nowadays and we don't question it like Mm. (laughs) like anything can happen now right back in 1999 when the matrix came out we'd not seen a ton of special effects of that caliber even now it's impressive they showed a scene from it in this movie showed you a little clip of the original rooftop bullet time and even that was more impressive than some of the stuff in this movie however i did like on top of the skyscraper with the helicopters. That was a throwback. Mm. I feel like that was one of the worst scenes. Well, it was a throwback visually. to Matrix 1. And it was like 10 times more interesting than the Oh, scene. I disagree. I thought it was not interesting at all. It's actually my favorite part of the movie. That on the helicopter on the roof? Yeah. I'm not sure what's wrong with you, but that's not right. The helicopter on the roof, them jumping, and what subsequent after that. <laughs> I liked all that part. I think the most impressive part of The Matrix, though, visually, of any of them, and it, it's when they got to the third movie back in the day, and you're inside Zion, and in this one it's Ion, right? Mm-hmm. Any of that is impressive to me. Like, the machines, how all that looks. This, I like the vision of that, the ships going down the tunnels. All that stuff is cool, and there's that in this movie as well. In fact, there's everything in this movie, right, that you know from The Matrix. Yeah. You didn't really miss anything out. There's fighting, there's bullet time, there's a train sequence that's kind of insane, helicopters, motorbikes, the whole thing. So I don't think you would be disappointed in terms of what it is for The Matrix. Just to recap, do you remember my synopsis? The Matrix. I don't remember it. (laughs) I pretty much summed it up. It was The Matrix. Yeah. Which is what you're saying. So yeah, I get it. They have tried to move with the times a little bit. And I think the movie with the times is the wink, wink, we know we're the Matrix, which it does a lot, right? Yeah. In fact, Doogie Howser, <laughs> he does a lot of that, doesn't he? Almost winking at the audience saying like, you like this stuff, don't you? Absolutely. Here it is. <laughs> That's what makes it more modern, I think, that it understands that it's the Matrix. And it didn't feel out of place to me, that stuff. No, that's what I'm saying, because I like it. I don't mind. I'm one of the people. The nostalgia of this particular thing now, I guess, 
I would argue this differently in other movies. I would say, oh my God, get off your ass and make something new. But for some reason, the kernel of the idea that we're all trapped in a reality that's designed by someone else who does not give a shit whether or not I live in a two-bedroom house with a toilet and I spent a certain amount of dollars and I drive a certain kind of car and I dress a certain way and I comb my hair a certain way to comply with what everyone and conform. The people who design all that shit or kind of push it and sell it, they don't care. I am just fodder in the machine of making them money, right? That's all it is. This is a different thing. You're just fodder to give the energy to the machines to because they're sentient, right? In the real world, robots, machines, computers, and digital programming, that all runs the world. Well, it needs energy and power, so they've plugged humans in as batteries, as we yep. all know from the Matrix. And that's one of the cool things of right. the Matrix. And in reality, that's what we're doing. A friend of mine once said, you know, all we're doing is moving money around from the time we're old enough to make our own until we're dead. You make it, you buy a house, and someone makes some money. You buy a car, someone makes some money. You buy all these products that are marked way up because someone else wants to make some money. You think you're living, right? You're living the life because you've got the car and you've got the house. But in fact, you're just handing over your thing to them so they can have the better. And I was like, oh, (laughs) I'm not opposed to capitalism and buying things and spending your money and people making money. I'm not opposed to it. I'm just saying like, when you compare it to the idea of the matrix, that someone else is like, we're all puppets on a string, just living doing our thing so that other people can profit. That's how I see it. And I, I just, I appreciate that idea. So I don't mind if they redo it. They can redo it again. What I like about this movie, when it was over, like I do with a lot of movies, I go and gauge like what other people thought of this movie. Because it's really new as well. It only came out yesterday. What I found consensus is people don't like it very much. And I was actually surprised. I wasn't surprised watching it because it was like, some people are going to have problems with them pointing at the audience and winking. Mm -hmm. You're going to have an issue with that. Or them saying what they would say is woke things. Yeah. Which I don't even think it is saying woke Like, oh my gosh, you mean a female character has some power in her own life? Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Did you say that about Wonder Woman? Probably, right? Probably. Those probably the same people. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh yeah. And like I said to you, there's been three Matrix movies where the male is the hero. Yeah. And Neo is the hero of this one, even. So, I mean. Well, they've written it so they are inseparable. Yeah. And that to be equal, because they're inseparable, all that's required is that she gives over to the the truth that she has the equal amount of choices and power at her fingertips. Yeah. That no one ever, I mean, she never occurred to her or whatever. However it was done, you know, if you think in, the, in that world, it was never offered to her, never made clear to her. And now that's it. So that they are the same. We're not saying anything. That's what really freaks me yeah, out they're, when they're people not. get upset that you're trying to make the female character equal <laughs> to the male character. How in all the fucking universe, how could that possibly annoy anyone? It real that annoys me. That's the end of my complaint. <laughs> yeah, and they are equal. And it is a it's like a great love story, especially the very final. Mm-hmm. frame of film if you if you frame that and put it in a frame it's like a love sto- it's just a giant love story right between well Neo you're and a romantic i don't see it like that but i saw that That's i know at the end they're even holding hands come on i get it i don't see it as a love story but okay so i was satisfied with it 
It's long, I'm, I must say. <laughs> Listen to you. I was satisfied. <laughs> it's long, two hours and two and a half hours. Yeah. It didn't feel long, to be fair. There is a lot of kung fu-y type fights that are kind of boring, I found. Really? Because I'm usually the bored one in that situation. You were probably bored in this. Yeah. The, the kung there fu were fights. several times I'm like roll, eye rolling like, okay. They, they even did, it's like this, uh, hey audience, remember this part where he punched him a lot. Uh, here it is again. <laughs> yes. So that was where I was kind of like, okay, I know the Matrix. I've seen it so much. I know how I know how it works, and I I don't really need to see it play by played, which I felt like was what was happening sometimes. Yeah. So that was a problem I had, but I kind of looked over it because I was really interested in seeing what was going to happen with Trinity and Neil because it becomes a rescue Trinity movie, doesn't it? Sure. Which I liked. At the beginning, you're not quite sure what it's going to be. Is Neil going to get back in his old boots and come out of the thing, or is he not? He seems pretty comfortable in the Matrix. In fact, that's where I thought the movie was going, that he wasn't going to break out of it. And people would have... It kind of works that way. They have to encourage him to come out, right? Yeah. But I thought he wasn't going to. I thought that was going to be the big, like, oh, this is not like the other movies. He ain't going to. He's just going to be stubborn and stuff. Yeah, like a truly, quote-unquote, woke movie, if you're trying to use woke as an insult, which sounds like a lot of people are. I mean, I particularly find that phrase kind of obnoxious and weird and insulting to the whole of the world because everyone's awake, but whatever, to their own realities, right? But, well, then it would have been Neo deciding not to come out, right, to stay back in, and her then somehow emotionally or some other way coaxing him out. Yeah. So then she becomes the big, big hero. That's how I thought it was going. But it wasn't, right? So in fact, it's it's leveling out the playing field instead of making the female character, goodness forbid, really strong and like save the day. We wouldn't want that. We wouldn't no. want that. So moving on to the cast, and uh, we've got Keanu Reeves as Neo again. There's a fine line now between John Wick and Neo. <laughs> And sometimes I'm confused at what I'm looking at. <laughs> there's scenes in this movie that look like John Wick. Like the sets look like John Wick. I was sometimes, like, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this looks very like, oh, and there's Keanu doing his job. Oh, sorry, he's not John Wick. He's Neo today. But, you know, it's very close, isn't it? The way John Wick interacts and the way Neo interacts, pretty basic. Not much going on, apart from their action. Is exactly the same, right? I mean, you're talking to the wrong person because I think Keanu Reeves is the same no matter what. So I'm going to always argue that point. There's your twist for John Wick 4. He's actually in the Matrix. John John Wick Wick gets unplugged all of a sudden. It's like you weren't really in a... You really think that John Wick could exist? No, no, no. You're in the (laughs) Matrix, mate. I like Keanu in the Neo role. I think it's his best role. I think it's almost like it's perfect for him because he doesn't have to show a lot. I like John Wick a lot, so... Yeah, he doesn't have to show much emotion in either of them, though, does he? Well, just toughness, which is fine. Carrie Ann Moss returns as Trinity. What I did love, you think of I Car- love Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah, I just was. like her. So no matter all of it, I just like her. She has a really badass moment, you've got to admit. Several, actually. The so. one where she says, I'm called, my name's Trinity, that part. Yeah. That's, that's pretty badass. <laughs> if you're not on board with that, watching The Matrix, then you shouldn't be watching it. <laughs> Because it was very good. Then we've got Yaha Abdul Mateen II. He plays Morpheus. Okay. They didn't bring back old Morpheus. They got a new model. 
What do you think of new model Morpheus? He was fine, and they tried to address that he's not him, and the reason is because he's digital, right? Morpheus was never real. Right. So he, was he? he no, was, he was real. Right, but he's dead. Yeah. So dead. now he's just digital. This one's a digital Morpheus. There isn't, yeah, but there is no Morpheus person anymore because. No, because he, in the real world, this new one has to be this weird, this yeah, new thing. I love that. Yeah, I love that's a that new the, thing. It's like um, in Star Trek where they've made it so that some of the, like the doctor on, hmm, is it Deep Space Nine or Voyager? Now I'm, I'm a terrible Star Trek fan, but the doctor is actually a hologram. Yeah. So I like that idea digital, that the sentient, but digital, but he's real. He can come out with all these little bits and pieces. They like, invented it in this movie, I think, so Morpheus could exist in the real world only. Sure. I feel like that's why that exists. I like the guy. Yeah. I kept thinking, they do a kung fu fight in the middle, that there's no way old Morpheus could have done it. Because it was pretty badass. Well, old Keanu is probably the same age, right? Yeah. Or are they the same age? No, I feel like Keanu's younger. Are we being ageist again? We've done it yes. two weeks in a row. We're so gross. Mr. Smith has been changed to this new guy, Jonathan Groff, who I found did a perfect job. He yeah, was, he was fine. He was very good. And I mean, Smith is just an intense guy. He's just a guy who's going to come after you like the Terminator. Yeah. That's what he is. I like this new version of him. Jessica Henwick plays Bugs. She's a, like the new main character that we follow. What did you think of her? I like her, but I like her. Colleen Wing from Iron Fist, if yep. you've ever seen her before. And I liked her in that. She was the best thing in that show. So, yeah. yep, I'm a fan. And then finally, Neil Patrick Harris is the analyst. Analyst, that's what he is. And I thought Neil Patrick Harris was literally, he was just chewing those scenes. It was fantastic, I thought. Chewing the scenes. Yeah. Nice. Was like, <laughs> it was like, anytime he was on, and he, they kept giving him like monologues, a lot of monologues. They were awesome. Everything he said, I was like, yeah, this is this is who you want as your bad guy in the Matrix. He seems intelligent. What he has to say actually makes quite a bit of sense. He's a bit of a smart ass. He's a smart ass, and he's actually making fun of a lot of things. Yeah. And expl he explains to us a lot too that, like the architect did, you know, we tried all kinds of ways to make the Matrix so that we could use your bodies as batteries because we thought we could just plug you in and wipe your minds and let that happen. But the fact is, if your mind isn't stimulated, your body generates less energy. I don't know if that's the truth, but hey, we're going to go with it. So this guy then expands on that and says, like, you know, I figured out human emotions. And if I stimulate the fact that you like fiction better than reality and you like all these things that, you know, even if we lie to you and manipulate you, it actually makes you give off more energy because you're living a lie. Yeah, that was a like cool. You're living a lie inside of a lie and it makes you excited. And so he explains that even a little bit more. And I kind of like that. Yeah, I liked any time he was on the screen. Perfect. Yeah, casting. it was good. And directed by Lana Wachowski. Here's some of the movies uh, the sisters have directed. Cloud Atlas, The Matrix, Speed Racer, Jupiter Ascending. There's numerous. Sense8, which is a TV show on Netflix that they did. So what do you think of the directing here? Well, the directing wasn't both. It was just Lana, so let's not misdirect. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, they, just Lana. They both wrote it, but Lana directed it. Right. I think it's exactly what she wants it to be, and because I like it, I'm on board. I can't super criticize when I'm blinded by my own biases. That I'm. This is not about being objective. I feel like I'm seeing what she wants it to be in this circumstance. That is a success to me. I like it. There's a lot of passion. 
I don't know if I see that. What I see is this person or the two sisters have in their mind how they've always envisioned these stories of theirs. And that's what I'm seeing. Now they have limitations because of technology, different times, you know, whatever. But I am seeing what they actually want me to see. And I like that. All right. So IMDb reviews. These are reviews from people on IMDb who didn't like this movie. They give it a one star. Yeah, I have a prediction about this. The first person says, it's sad to see them dig up the biggest franchise in movie history after 22 years and just do a quick cash grab. It sucks. Okay. Number two says, this movie does not know what it's meant to be. Is it a comedy with rehashed scenes from the first film? The movie's bad and I fell asleep five times. What made it even worse was nothing mattered. It's utter garbage. And no filmmaking, it is cash grabber, nothing else. <laughs> and finally, it's so bad, no story and woke AF. Techno babble about coherent logic, no antagonist, CGI cash grab, machines are now sentient, not just programs. What's going on? Well, so, the machines had to be sentient before or the machines couldn't have taken over the world. Exactly. Hello, were you not paying attention to the whole first Obviously three movies? Not. Obviously, duh. <laughs> In conclusion, I am giving The Matrix Resurrections a 7 out of 10. 7? Well, that's lower than I thought you would give it. I am going to give it an 8.3. Nice. Because I really, really like it. All right. So <laughs> thank you, everybody. But again, everyone has to remember, I am biased. I am not being clear-headed because I just really like it. So, Next week, we are going to review a film called Antlers in this Christmas period. A movie called Antlers sounds appropriate. Right on. Movie recommendations. I am going on the Matrix tip. I'll give you Speed Racer by the Wachowskis. Okay. It's um, underrated, and I don't think many people saw it. It is a CGI extravaganza. Mm. My other one is a Keanu Reeves movie called Speed. You might have heard of it. <laughs> There's a bomb on a bus. If it goes below 50 miles an hour, the bus will blow up. The end. So they don't have to see. Oh, and Sandra Bullock. <laughs> oh, and, <laughs> oh, and Dennis Hopper. Don't forget. Correct. Dennis Hopper. And my recommendations are... I'm going back to the 80s. I'm still in 1983, and I had to go back and watch a trailer for this first one because I'm like, you know what? I remember truly loving this movie, like being in love with, in lust with this movie, probably. I might have watched it 20, 30 times on HBO, Valley Girl. And I watched a trailer, and I remembered why, and now I need to rewatch it. It's Nicolas Cage and a girl that I don't know, and she might be in other things now, but I don't know her name. And the other one is War Games. I mean, come on. War Games is fantastic. War Games is so ahead of its time, right? It's a computer with AI that has been taught or programmed to think and think about problems. And one of the problems is you, you want to play a game. And he says, I want to play war. And then that's it. <laughs> it's good. Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. As a small child. Mm, he's a teenager. teenager. Yeah. All right. So this week, instead of a Scully stuff, it's our year-end show pretty much. Well, it, will, it is our year-end show. Yep. So we're doing our top 10 movies of the year. We're going to start from number 10. We're also doing our worst movie of the year, but that'll be at the end. Right on. So number 10 movie for me is Nobody, starring Mr. Saul Goodman. Do you remember that one? That's your number 10 of your top best. Of my top 10. Okay. A, she, Sid Talk doesn't grasp the concept of this <laughs> top 10. 
Well, because the way my list works. No, I don't care how your list works. My worst, my worst ones are at the bottom. <laughs> ten movies. You Shouldn't like... we do the worst ones first? No. No. The worst one is going to be the final one. That's There's 11 movies altogether. The, um... well, I have three worst ones, but right. okay. But number 10 in mine is Nobody. It's a cool movie. It's like John Wick a little bit. It is. It's good. But with Saul Goodman. What's not your as... number 10? Do you <laughs> know how not... this works? He's not Saul Goodman. <laughs> My number 10, which isn't number 10, but okay, let me move. Da, 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 da. Okay. My number 10 of my top 10 is Those Who Wish Me Dead. Nice. It got, it got an eight. See, this is how I do mine. I do a spreadsheet. That's an Angelina Jolie movie. Correct. I rate them every week. And then at the end of the year, I can sort and do my spreadsheet. Very, it's very, it's very but every passionate year, build. <laughs> every year we've done our top 10 going from 10 to number one. <laughs> I get it, but I thought we did the worst ones first. No. Like the worst, not the bottom of the top no. 10. Okay, All right, so my me- number 10, Those Who Wish Me Dead. It's actually, I really, really liked that movie. Right. Does it? Does it? Mine is nobody. Number nine for me is Minari. Okay, okay. Which was an A24 movie starring Stephen Cho. Is that right? He was you from Glenn? The Dead. Yeah, Glenn. <laughs> it's a really awesome movie, It Minari. is really good. It's very... Um, not quite sure what it's going to be as it's unfolding. Correct. So my number nine, Minari. My number nine is News of the World with Tom Hanks. Nice. That's a cool movie about. Yeah. A dude who goes around reading the news to people back in like the late 1800s, I believe. Yep. And then uh, somebody wants him to take a young girl back to her family. And so it's sort of a buddy movie, but you know. My number eight is the Marvel movie Black Widow. Which was awesome for many reasons, but mostly because we got introduced to Natasha's sister, who is amazing. What I'm surprised is that it made it all the way down to the bottom of your list there. Not the bottom, number eight. No, but that's pretty close. And my number eight is Free Guy. Nice. I love that one. It's so fun. Free Guy was the, it's kind of like the Truman Show, but with video games. Mm-hmm. Number seven. Is that right? Hey, you're the, you're the master of this universe. Number seven for me is Zola from A24. Again, it's kind of controversial. Yeah. Striking, and it's A24. They're my favorite people. So you ready for my number seven? When I stop talking, it's your turn. <laughs> you stopped talking. <laughs> okay. Oh, you're, you're done. Okay. My number seven, it's been not very long since we watched this movie, but according to my numbers, Matrix Resurrections. Nice. Because I really enjoy The Matrix. That it's didn't just, even make it onto my list. It's just the way it is. If you don't like it, I don't give a shit. Like, you can hate it and give all the little nerdy, stupid bullshit comments you want to make about it. But I'm telling you now, if I'm having a good time watching a movie, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. I am not nitpicking it unless it has enough things in it that make me go, right, this one doesn't. So there you go. Number six for me is another A24 movie, and it's The Green Knight. Hmm. which I found very awesome. Again, didn't know what I was going into, and by the end, I was thoroughly impressed by it. So The Green Knight. I don't even remember that one. King Arthur. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Chopping the head off. That was very interesting. It didn't make my list, but it was a very interesting movie. Good experience. Uh, My number six is called Breaking News in Yuba County. Really? Did you even remember this one? Yeah, comedy one about... A lady who claims that her husband is... Yep. So 
because I gave it an 8.7 at the time, because I must have just felt like, wow. And I've thought back about it. And yeah, it's a very interesting, unexpected, well-crafted, like kind of mind bender-ish, you know, but it's a little bit antics and wacky too. So I loved it. Number five for me is Nomadland. Mm. And it wasn't just me who liked it. It did get best picture. Correct. Very good movie. Really interesting. Felt really realistic. True. So, And it's about a person going around in a... Camper. Camper van, RV. Yeah. Kind of. And my number five is Card Counter. I really liked that. Really? Yeah. Nice. We really only just watched it. that. It was high quality. Just, you know, kind of luxurious... Number four for me is Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho, (laughs) which it mesmerized me the entire time. And he always does um, Edgar Wright. There's something about his style that does it. And I I thought it was one of his best. So Last Night in Soho. Well, my number four is your number something else. It's Minari. So mine's moved up on the list from yours. That was my number nine. Right. Really, really nice movie. Number three... For 2021, for me, is No Time to Die, the latest in the James Bond franchise. Oh, right. Which I thoroughly enjoyed, and it was ballsy what they did with it. So, yeah, I like that one. And my number three is going to be very, you're not going to believe it. But I gave it a high score because I felt it was really well made. All right. It has some weakness, so don't, don't pretend like I think it's perfect, but it's Let Him Go with Kevin Costner and Diane Lane. Oh, yeah. I just loved watching Diane Lane. So I feel like it was a really well-crafted movie, even though it had a little bit of like over-the-top badness, you know, where the the mother of that guy is like really over-the-top and then the thing in the hotel room and all that. But overall, obviously, I gave it a high score. Diane Lane was also good in a TV show we watched called Why the Last Man. Absolutely. She's amazing. I want to see her in more stuff. Number two is the movie Promising Young Woman. Which was oh yeah, that was really again, good. An incredible movie. It's Very a, good. It's kind of like a revenge movie, but it's on the down low most of the movie until it isn't on the down low at the end. <laughs> I loved it. Really, really good. I don't disagree with you, but that didn't make my top ten. And my number two is Land. Oh, land. with Princess Buttercup because it was so. What was that one about? Moving. I know she, what it was about. Okay, she goes to a mountain. in a cabin and basically it's like an attempt to do slow suicide she just wants to die we don't know why why she's wanting to kind of punish herself or anything but it's very quiet it's really a person's exploring and then she meets somebody who you know it's the thing where someone reaches out the hand and helps lift you up again and kind of a resurrection movie there you go land resurrection so let's see if we agree on the best movie of the year movie number one for me is do a drum roll. Tatain. Oh, okay. Which uh, is, I'll never forget this movie. <laughs> it's, there's a lot of emotions you go through while watching it. True. Including creeped out, grossed out, weirded out. I don't know. If you don't feel something from watching it, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> it really stands out to me as like a very bold movie this year. Because it, it really is. I mean, have you ever seen a movie... Where a woman has sex with a car? Probably not. But just by you saying that, you're going to draw some people to it and make (laughs) some people run away from it. So you have to spell it for them. So if they want to look it up. It's very bold. T-I-T-A-N-E. It's a French movie, subtitled. Awesome. We reviewed it. Go back and listen. 
It's also subtitled in, in its French. So, you yeah. know, when you go running toward it because you just said the woman has sex with a car, remember you're going to have to do some reading unless you speak French. My number one is not Tatane. You had it on your list somewhere, but my number one is Nomadland. Nice. I gave it a 10 because I was completely 100% connected to that lady, how she was living her life. Frances McDormand. Put me in mind of the year of the dog, where this person, and in Nomadland, you find a whole group of people, but in year of the dog, this woman basically just decides, like, I don't care what the world thinks about me. I'm going to rescue dogs. I'm going to have my house so full of dogs. That the authorities want to take them away. I'm going to commit my life to taking care of dogs. And that's just the way it is. And the whole world is just going to have to get over it. Well, you know what that reminds me of? There was a guy on Shark Tank, wasn't there? Was it Shark Tank or Dragon's Den? One of those. And it was a dude who said that's what he's committed his whole life to now. He's yeah. like, he doesn't have a home. He lives in his vehicle or something. And he just takes care of animals. That's just his life. And that's how Nomadland was. This woman is hooked up with this other group of people who just move around, and that's just their life. And if the world doesn't get it, then that's just too bad. Too bad, so sad. So that's our top tens. Nice. I know you've got three, but I've only got one. And this is the worst movie we watched all year. Are you ready? I'm ready. Horizon Line. (laughs) Do you remember it? I didn't, but I was looking up the movies, and I was like, oh, that. Okay, so brief synopsis. It's really dumb. It's terrible. This woman and her ex, semi-ex, crash in a plane. <laughs> I don't even want to relive the synopsis of it. I don't even remember the order. I didn't remember them crashing. You know what? I remember most about it. Yeah. We had a power cut in the middle of it and the projector went off. <laughs> and then we had to wait for about five minutes for the power to come back on. And that part I remember. <laughs> I think I even might have said... Should we bother putting it back on? <laughs> Do we have? <laughs> if I had my way, we probably wouldn't watch the I mean, rest we of did this. put it back on and finish watching it. We did. It was awful. My bottom three, my worst three, are Halloween Kills. Oh, really? Yeah. Death of Me, which I don't even remember. But Death it, of Me was Maggie Q. It got a four. On that desert island, not desert island, but tropical island. Kind of voodoo and stuff. Yeah, okay, I get it. And as much as I like her, yeah, that got a four. Four right. out of ten. But my worst movie got a three, and it is Horizon Line. So yeah. we're in sync with the worst movie of the year. It we was absolute <laughs> turd. It was a turd. It was just so contrived. It was like somebody went to focus groups, but focus groups of people that you wouldn't want to make movies for. Exactly. (laughs) And it was also like a big, it wasn't like a cheap movie. It was like well-made. It was well-made. It was just a terrible idea. They trapped in a plane. Everything that can possibly go wrong goes wrong. Yeah. It stupidly goes wrong. And then she's bloody wandering around on the outside the plane on the wing for some reason. It's really garbage. You're making it sound great. I think they have to fill the plane up with fuel. While it's flying. That is correct. Yeah, it's garbage. Get rid of it, throw it in the bin, never watch it again. But I mean, your favorite movie, though, has a woman having sex with a car. So, I mean, I don't know if we're all supposed to trust your judgment. Not even in the same league. (laughs) Of course not. That's everything. That's everything. That's all of it. That's it for 2021. That is it. I mean, it's not over yet. We've got a week left, but still. 
Yeah. Sid Talk, what is for dinner? Tonight we're having shepherd's pie, which is in the oven as we speak. And our shepherd's pie, we're telling you what we're eating because we're vegetarian, and a lot of people seem to think, what could you possibly eat if you don't eat dead animals? We're not animal rights activists. I don't care if you eat dead animals. That's not my issue, but it's just weird that people care. So we're making you uh, aware. Uh, My shepherd's pie is onions, peppers, carrot, mushrooms, peas, with brothy gravy stuff that I put some veggie broth in and some, I got this seasoning from the Mennonite store. You know, you get the bulk stuff at the Mennonite or the Amish store, wherever, whatever you got in your area. And it's called sausage seasoning. And in there is all the nice flavorings for sausage. So I put some of that in there. And then I made mashed potatoes on top that have a little bit of sour cream and a little bit of cream cheese. See, you're not, it's not like we're starving, are we? Delicious. It's going to be absolutely delicious. That's so, it. Um, what is your advice? And then we'll get out of it. We'll get out. My advice this time is um, because, you know, we're coming up on the end of a year. People like to reflect. People like to undo things they've done or maybe start a new thing. And why don't you just do the thing is my question, right? The Matrix right. kind of inspires that. Like, why, if you haven't called a friend from high school or a person you knew in high school, 30 years ago, ever, but you actually think about it often. You see them on Facebook. You never comment or talk to them, but you're like, I just, I remember we were kind of friends in our freshman year, but we never really blah, blah, blah. But then you just don't do it. Why don't you just do it? Why don't you send them a message? You never, I mean, the worst that can happen is the person ignores you or says they're not going to tell you to fuck off. I mean, most likely, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Maybe, you know, some severe people, but Or all the things that we don't do, like send a card to somebody, bake some cookies and like take them to work because you're like, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And then you don't because they're not hard things. And don't put your hand to your forehead and go, oh, but I haven't the time. I'm just so busy. You know, we all have 24 hours a day. How you choose to use it is the key here. And if you choose to stop for a half an hour Sit down with your phone and send a text to the person you haven't talked to for a while or that you saw at the bar three weeks ago and you had a really good conversation. You'd like to talk to them again. Just do it. Right. Or other bigger things. If you want to write a poem or a song or learn how to play an instrument or learn how to grow a garden, it doesn't have to be like you go one day from not knowing how to the next day knowing how and it just consumes your life. You can just do little things, little bitty things. To do the thing, because there's going to come a day when you can't, because you'll be dead. So there's that. (laughs) Charming. I mean, that's the end of the story, right? That's the end of the story of you being able to send the text to the person that you want, you miss, that you genuinely miss, or that you found out something bad happened in their life, and you just want them to know you're thinking of them, or something good happened, and you're like, oh my god, that's so awesome, but directly, not just like a little like on Facebook or whatever, but... Why not? If you're afraid of rejection, I'm just telling you now, get it out of your mind. It's not going to kill you. You will not die from rejection unless someone's rejecting you from an airplane that's 30,000 feet in the air. Two different things. Bottom line, why don't you just do that thing? Thanks for your advice. Sure, sure. And my advice is to go to aschoolie.com, download this podcast, or go to anchor.fm slash after the show, download it there. We're on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I don't need to tell you what social media is. (laughs) Well, you'd be surprised. We're also on email, aschoolyatascoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talks. She hates you all. I don't. And she will always hate you all. I will never hate you all. (laughs) 
And I want to say... That is incorrect. Um, we'll be back next week with our review of Antlers, which is Sid Talk, a Christmas-themed horror movie. Right on. So, uh, But does it have zombies? Does it have zombie reindeer? Maybe. Okay, I'm in. Stay classy. The Matrix, Neo and Trinity. Will we see them again? Maybe, maybe not. But it was fun watching them. And I'm going to say, think for yourselves, or if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. 